This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome to another episode of Internet Hate Machine. I am so excited to be joined with my producer, Sophie. Sophie, thank you for being here. How are you? I'm well, Bridget. I am always happy to be here. How are you? I am doing well, and I am super excited to get into this topic because it's a topic that I, it's one of those things that I talk at my friends about, and they're like, we get it. You have big feelings about this. So I'm excited to actually do a podcast about it. It's been a long time coming. That's my, that's honestly my favorite type of thing is where you have like a dinner party or you're with your friends and you go on a random tangent about something and then you make it, you make it work. (laughs) Exactly. I'm very guilty of that. Oh my God. So many things. My my friends are like, why don't you, don't you have anybody else you could talk to about this? Like we get it. You're like, yeah, all the people that subscribe to listen to me talk, um, ever heard of a podcast? Cool, bro. So if you were on the internet at all in 2020, you probably remember the backlash against the film Cuties. It was all over social media and the internet in part because it kind of got glommed in with the whole save the children thing and the whole QAnon conspiracy thing that, as y'all probably know, have really plagued our online discourse and are still with us today. Like They really haven't gone anywhere, even though they might be out of the headlines. Yeah, I did a whole, I did a whole couple of shows about that. Yeah. yeah, you know all about it. The way that the ways that it can be so insidious, and the ways that things can really be taken out of context to become evidence of this grand conspiracy around QAnon and child predators. So I really think the situation around the movie Cuties is kind of a case study of all the different ways that online rhetoric can become weaponized because it has so many of the textbook hallmarks of bad actors hijacking a conversation. And I think it reveals a lot about how messed up our online discourse has gotten and the ways that it can be weaponized against marginalized people specifically to undermine and exploit the very thing that it is supposedly championing, in this case, protecting children Something to keep in mind is that a common tactic of bad actors is to hijack a sensitive conversation, you know, one that takes a little bit of nuance or thoughtfulness to discuss properly and create an uproar around it that conveniently 
aligns with some kind of preconceived political grievance. And that is exactly what happened with the movie Cuties. I also think it's one of those things where, you know, I guess I would be willing to bet that the majority of people raising an issue about the film have not actually even sat down and watched it to know exactly what they're raising an objection over. Well, yeah. I mean, bad actors never do their research. Oh, never. And I think they they, they rely on other people, like, not doing their research or, like, being a cat, like low information folks, where it's like, I don't, I've yeah. not seen the movie, but you're telling me that this movie is, you know, the work of a child predator. So I guess I'll believe that. You know, I think that they're counting on people yeah. doing that. Do you remember, do you remember that phase of Twitter when they were like, do you want to read the article before you share it? <laughs> I will say, I remember when Twitter rolled that out and it, it did get me a few times where I'm like, damn, I probably should read it, right? Like, I'm, even as somebody who makes content about mis- and disinformation, I am not immune to sharing something quickly before I've really given it a read-through. And so it's a good <laughs> reminder that we could, we could all be a little bit better about the source material before commenting on the source material that we're, that we're responding to. Absolutely. <laughs> but that is exactly what that reminds me. I'm like, did you, did, you, did you read that? Do you want to read that before you share it? And it's like, you know, like... Fair enough, robot. I'm, I'll get right on that. Thank you. Fair enough, robot. <laughs> so the movie Cuties is, I should say, very much in line with my own personal interests. I am a movie person. I love movies. I love French cinema specifically and specifically French Senegalese cinema. I have a thing for. I am a sucker for any kind of coming-of-age film about girlhood. You know, your Crooklands, your fish tanks, your 13... Love them all. If it's a, if it's a movie about a, a young girl becoming like figuring out girlhood or like young adulthood, I am mm-hmm. in. And I also grew up doing dance squads and like dance teams, which I, I have to say, like growing up in the South, sometimes those dance squads were a little bit questionable. I, I can I can admit that. And so when Cuties premiered, which is a movie about a young French Senegalese girl coming of age who was involved in dance, I was super, super excited to see it. I saw it immediately. Like, before it was on Netflix, I had already seen it. Um, and so this is not meant to be, like, a review of the movie. There are some spoilers. I will try to warn folks beforehand if you're planning on watching Cuties, which I think that you should because I do think it's a worthwhile movie. But uh, I want to get into the conversation about what exactly happened with the uproar and backlash around this film. Cuties is a French film by director... Mimona Dusseray, it tells the story of a coming-of-age story of Amy, a Muslim Senegalese 11-year-old in France. It opened at the 2020 Sundance Festival to rave reviews, accolades, and awards before being acquired by Netflix. The plot revolves around an 11-year-old girl named Amy. Amy's mom and aunt want her to be sort of chaste and modest and girlish, but she ends up meeting this group of cool girls who are all on a dance team together. So Amy finds herself kind of caught between these two worlds. The traditional chaste world represented by her mother and aunt and Islam, and this cool, secular, grown up world represented by these cool girls on the dance team at her new school. So, Cuties explores these common themes that most coming of age films deal with you know, family drama, feeling alienated from your family, wanting to fit in and be cool and grown up, your first period, vying for likes on social media, and sexuality. This was the director, uh, Dusseray's first film, and she said that she saw a bunch of young girls dancing on stage in Paris 
scantily clad and revealing clothing who were dancing in front of a crowd. And it got her curious about the way that society confronts and deals with the budding sexuality of girls. So she spent a year researching and interviewing preteen girls about their experiences and how they felt in society. And that became the movie Cuties. She wrote a version of herself as an 11-year-old um, to be the kind of stand-in for the main character, Amy. The film premiered at Sundance in 2020 with zero controversy until it was acquired by Netflix. Before Cuties was even released for American streaming audiences on Netflix, Cuties first generated controversy when Netflix put out a poster for the film. So something to keep in mind is that it is a textbook staple of things like conspiracy theories or malinformation, where it will be based on an actual nugget of truth. And so what is absolutely true here is that Netflix made a very, very bad decision about the poster for the film Cuties. The poster that they released shows the girls, who were all like 11 or 12, posing provocatively in their very skimpy dance team outfits. And honestly, like, that image is not even really representative of the entirety of, like, what the film is about. And it needs to be said that the poster that Netflix used is very different from the one that was used when it first premiered at Sundance uh, before being bought by Netflix. Um, so Bridget has a screenshot of the two different film posters. I thought you were showing me two different movies. Like, I thought they were it's, two different films. Um, they look, you, you, they're not even, there's no correlation. Exactly, right? <laughs> and so the French version that, that, that they used when the movie first came out on Sundance has these girls, they're shopping, they're like wearing age-appropriate regular clothes and they're like, they look like little girls, right? Like it's like, it's like yeah. an, an age-appropriate cover. One, one reads like fun coming of age and one reads like dance moms, toddlers and tiaras. Yes. And I think like the, the, the Netflix poster... The girls, who are quite young, are in these provocative poses. It's very dance moms. Like, mm-hmm. as I said, I, I, I mean, for, for, better, for, for whatever it's worth, growing up doing dance team and dance groups, these are outfits that we would have worn. Like, right. I, like I'm not, I'm not going to act like this is, like, beyond the pale for what little girls will, will sometimes wear in dance teams or pageants. Whether or not it's, like, good or bad or right or wrong, like... That it's it's fairly common. It's not something that is totally beyond the pale in our culture. No, absolutely not. But the freeze frame uh, of of the dance moves that I think they're doing, they look like they're mid move. The poses are 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 very mature, is what I'll say. Yeah, very mature. And so right away, people had the exact same response that you just had, and they seized on this film that wasn't even out yet because of this. Pretty gross poster that was not really representative of the film. I believe that had Netflix not made such a big error in how they promoted and marketed this movie, we wouldn't even be making this episode, I don't think. Like, I don't think that if they had used the original French movie that's like, girls coming of age, like totally normal, that we would even be have seen the kind of controversy that accompanied the film. So Netflix apologized for the poster and, importantly, to the filmmaker. And I actually have to give Netflix the tiniest bit of credit here. Amidst the backlash around the poster, Netflix made it clear that that poster was entirely their bad. You know, they could have made a big show of 
cutting ties with the filmmaker publicly and like blaming her. We've seen, we've certainly seen brands do that before where they're just like, oh, controversy, better blame this black woman. But they didn't do that. I will, I will give them that. Netflix Shout out, bare minimum. Shout, bare minimum, <laughs> like way to like do a little. Netflix co-CEO Ted Saradonis, I'm probably saying that wrong. Ted. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Netflix co-CEO Ted Sardonis was said to have personally called Ducere to apologize and to talk to her about, you know, potential new projects on Netflix that she could do. Um, and the filmmaker said that she felt like that was genuine. Like she she responded very gracefully. And she was like, I think that they genuinely felt bad and that they were giving me like a genuine apology. But too the late, damage bro. was already done. Yeah, yeah. Too little, too late. So Cuties is a film that I believe is trying to present like a complex portrait of the pressures that young girls feel around facing their own kind of budding sexuality. But because of that poster, the internet hate machine fueled by a combination of right-wing grifters, shitty elected officials, and Instagram QAnon influencers that target women, that whole thing that Ducere was trying to do was completely lost. And instead... The film was branded as Netflix's attempt to groom children, normalize pedophilia, and in some cases said that the film was actually child sexual abuse material or like child pornography. And people weren't just saying that Netflix was harming children. They blamed the filmmaker personally. Like if you Google the filmmaker's name, some of the first things that like autocomplete are like, did she go to jail? Was she arrested? And I think that gives you a sense of how personalized this particular smear that she harmed children with this movie became. What's really sad is that this director had nothing to do with that poster. She told Deadline, I discovered the poster at the same time as the American public. I didn't understand what was going on. That was when I went and saw what the poster looked like. I received numerous attacks on my character from people who had not seen the film, who thought I was actually making a film that was apologetic about hypersexualization of children. I received numerous death threats. And so, you know, I've seen this film. I, I actually, like, enjoyed it. But whether or not you like this film or whether or not you think it accomplishes its goals of exploring the dangers of the hypersexualization of children and girls, I think it's pretty clear what she was trying to do with this film. Maybe you think she didn't accomplish that. Maybe you think it didn't meet its goals. Fine. But, like... To say that she was making this film to exploit and harm girls is just not correct. No, it's just another example of, like, the worst people on the internet pointing the finger and putting blame on a black woman. Exactly. Like, I don't—I guess we'll never know, but I don't think had she been a white woman from Ohio that there would have been the same level of— scrutiny and controversy from this movie. Like, I think that something about her was inherently other and made it really easy for folks to jump on the bandwagon of, you know, attacking her for being somebody who puts children at risk. So she published a piece in the Washington Post about the film, and she writes, the stories that the girls that I spoke to that they shared with me were remarkably similar. They saw that the sexier a woman is on Instagram or TikTok, the more likes she gets. They tried to imitate that sexuality in the beliefs that it would make them more popular. Spend an hour on social media and you'll see preteens, often in makeup, pouting their lips, shredding their stuff as if they were grown women. The problem, of course, 
is they are not grown women, and they don't realize what they're doing. They construct their self-esteem based on social media likes and the number of followers they have. Some people have found certain scenes in my film uncomfortable to watch, but if one really listens to 11-year-old girls, their lives are uncomfortable. Here's the director talking about it for a segment called Why I Made Cuties from Netflix. How girls see that the more a woman is overly sexualized on social media, the more she is successful. And the children just imitate what they see, trying to achieve the same result without understanding the meaning. And yeah, it's dangerous. Can I just say this woman is it? She's gorgeous. She's, She's gorgeous. And like the, she just, ah, oh, such a cool person. I'll get into this in the end, but luckily this did not like, her career is going to be fine. Like this is not, we, we have not heard the last of her. She's fantastic. So I think there is definitely a conversation to be had about whether or not the film accomplishes the goal of really showing the pitfalls and dangers of sexualizing young girls. I love the film. I think it does a great job. I think it hits close to home. However, we didn't really get to have the conversation about the film, its merits, whether or not it achieves its goals. What actually happened instead is where it was like a Voltron of bad actors from various backgrounds coming together for one goal. You know, it was your typical right-wing grifters, Save the Children influencers, and elected officials all coming together to say that this film was evidence of the elite, in quotes, grooming kids and supporting pedophilia. This then turned into the claim that the film itself was child pornography made by a French black pervert. Lifestyle influencer and QAnon conspiracy theorist Rebecca Pfeiffer, or better known as Love Beck, who at the time had 160,000 Instagram followers before her account was deleted, posted, don't believe pedophilia is a rampant problem and don't believe the elite support it. How the hell does a show like this make it to a major streaming network? Formerly, one of the biggest QAnon accounts on Instagram, Little Miss Patriot, posted that Cuties proves that Netflix promotes pedophilia. And she posted this in like that kind of pretty pastel, Instagram-y kind of carousel grid post. And I have to say, as a side note, it really calls into question those Instagram accounts that will use like a pretty gri carousel grid post on Instagram to educate you. Because let's keep it real, like anybody can get a Canva subscription and say whatever they want just because it's a pastel, pretty Instagram carousel post doesn't mean they're actually saying something that is correct and true. So conspiracy theorists started pushing the hashtag cancel cuties campaign, telling their followers to boycott Netflix by pulling their subscriptions. And it seemed like it actually had an impact. Antenna, which is a data analytics firm that tracks Netflix subscribers, reported a, quote, meaningful spike in the rate of people cutting subscriptions shortly after the hashtag cancel Netflix went viral. And another analytics firm, Yipit Data, also reported that in mid-September, the churn rate, which is just the rate of people who cancel subscriptions, in the United States rose materially as the result of the cuties backlash. Days after the hashtag went viral, Yipit Data said that unsubscribes were running at nearly eight times the daily levels observed in August and reached a multi-year high. And I gotta say, like, even though Netflix publicly did stick by Duceray when this was all happening, there are reports that they suppressed the film on their own platform as a result of this controversy. According to an interesting report by The Verge, Netflix removed cuties from its coming soon and popular searches categories 
and that it was excluded from searches that include the words cute. This is actually probably a responsible tweak that they made to their algorithm. Uh, The Verge report also says that Netflix adjusted its algorithm so that search queries such as steamy or sexual movies did not surface any children's films. And that Netflix also made sure that problematic search terms such as pedo did not surface cuties because their algorithm actually takes into account behavioral data. So if you're somebody who was like, I want to watch this movie that everyone is saying is like a pedophile movie, if you type in pedo, ordinarily it would have brought up the movie that everyone is typing in pedo then clicking cuties for, but that they tweaked their algorithm so that wasn't the case. So in that, in that instance... I actually feel like that might have been a responsible choice. But it does seem clear from this report, though, that Netflix did seek to suppress promotion and related search queries for cuties. And I just feel like it's pretty shitty for this first-time filmmaker that her debut film was suppressed on the platform that acquired it for reasons that were entirely not her fault, like a whole campaign around her film that she had nothing to do with. And I, I think that this that her and this project seem like they both personally took the fall for Netflix's bad marketing with that poster and this completely disingenuous campaign built on a lot of lies and half-truths about her and her film. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. actually have a really hard time believing that anybody who was making claims about the film being, you know, exploitative to children actually watched it all the way through because much of what is floating around the internet about the film are either outright just lies or completely out of context. So I want to talk about what actually does go down in this movie versus 
how that was represented online. So there's going to be a spoiler here. So if you are planning on watching this movie and you don't want it spoiled, there's a spoiler here. So social media accounts with pretty big followings posted like parents' warnings and parents' guides that got a lot of traction online that contain lies or that take some of the scenes out of context. For instance, uh, one viral parents' guide that I think Dinesh D'Souza reposted says the film contains nudity of a minor. And that is just not correct. The only nudity in this film is a very brief scene of a bare breast, and it's the bare breast of someone who is meant to be an opposing dance team member as she's getting changed. Um, Within the universe of the film, my sense is that the audience is, like, meant to understand this particular woman whose bare breast is shown as a bit older. Like, it's not not like she is meant to be a very young, like, an obviously very young character. There's a scene where, like, there, someone is changing and they see part of her bare breast and it's meant to be like a cool older girl, not a child. And the actor herself was 18 at the time the movie was filmed. And so it's just a lie. The actor whose bare breast is shown for a, a second in that movie, not only is she in the film meant to be older, she herself, the actor, is also of age. And so there is no child nudity in this film of any kind. I saw so many viral posts online suggesting otherwise. Another pretty obvious misrepresentation in the film is that in a parent's guide, they say there's this salacious scene in the film that an 11-year-old girl in tight leather pants has her pants pulled down and the camera zooms in on her butt. And so this is a, this, this is a really interesting one because it really shows how bad actors will take this nugget of truth and completely explode it and take it out of context. What actually happened is my question, because I just know they're they're out here. Full cap. Full cap. I can tell you. Full cap. Okay, so again, spoiler. So in the movie, Amy is shown as being less financially well-off than the rest of her friends. And so there's a scene where she's trying to look older than she is by borrowing her friend's, like, very cool leather pants. While she's wearing these pants... Can she I just say, fu- like, it's so unbelievably normal. Totally. Like, didn't you do that shit when ah, you were a kid? fuck yeah. I, I mean, everyone. Oh, everyone. It's and so, it's like so infuriating that that's what they're... Okay. So in the movie, she gets into a fight at school, and her her leather pants are accidentally yanked off of her. And when the pants are yanked off of her, it exposes that she's wearing, underneath these cool leather pants, she's wearing these childish, ratty, oversized underpants that have, like, obvious signs of wear and tear. Mm-hmm. And so this, the scene is obviously meant to be embarrassing, right? It is not a sexy scene. It is clear, like, she leaves the cafeteria in tears and, like, doesn't come to school the next day or whatever because she's so embarrassed. But mm-hmm. that parent's guide would have you believe that it's meant to be, like, a sexy scene or a, a mm-hmm. sensual scene. Like, uh-huh. oh, she takes down her leather pants. But it is a misrepresentation of a scene that actually does kind of occur in the movie, but is clearly made to sound worse than it is. And that misrepresentation went completely viral. Like, big accounts posted it. And it got so much traction online. And I honestly think that here is, like, people who haven't seen the movie, but, like, are like, oh, well, I'm, you know, don't want to see children be exploited in film. Like, that's bad. When you read the salacious misrepresentation... It makes it seem like there's got to be some truth to that to it, and like 
I can see why people shared that without like having seen the movie, but it totally takes the truth out of context to fit a wider agenda. Yeah, I mean, I got pantsed in the sixth grade. I was wearing some not great undies too. Not, <laughs> not, I relate. Like these are, again, these are just like fucking normal things in childhood that happen. It's just, it, it, come on people. Yeah, and, and I do think it speaks to like a larger discomfort that people have mm-hmm. around coming of age stories for women and girls. Yeah. I think that people are, really uncomfortable around that and like these things like there are things in the movie that ring so true to me if you had gotten pantsed in elementary school or like middle school someone saying like oh that was like a sexually charged moment you're like actually it was really embarrassing (laughs) exactly you're like you're uh, no uh i was come on people like it's no i was pe class i was in the sixth grade um i was wearing the wrong day of the week underwear and (laughs) Clearly, clearly still, still embarrassed by that part. Yeah, like, it, it's, there's another scene in the movie where she finds a, a condom on the ground and she doesn't know what it is and she blows it up like a balloon and puts Again, it under her normal. shirt. normal. <laughs> yeah. So and normal. Describing that as like a sexually charged scene, like, I, I would argue that like, that's actually the weird thing to be like, oh, little kids exploring these things they don't totally understand. like. That's normal. And showing that on screen is probably normal and good and fine. Adding some sort of nefarious intent to it, to something that most little kids go through, that's, I think, is a little bit fucked up. Yeah. So I think that a lot of the sharing of inaccurate content about cuties online really came from, like, low-information folks who haven't seen the film but are interested in standing up against material that harms kids. Something about those posts is that they always make it seem like no reasonable person would not agree that this is exploitation of minors, right? And so they say, like, obviously having, showing a child naked in a Netflix movie is not good. And most people would say, like, oh, I agree, that's not good. But the fact of the matter is they didn't do that. And so they just traffic in these inaccurate or misconstrued out-of-context statements when that just isn't the case. And in reality, Ducere says that, a trained counselor was present on set during the filming of the movie and that the project was approved by the French government's child protection authorities and that the actors, they they had their parents on set too. And the film does contain a few scenes of young girls like twerking and dancing in skimpy outfits. Another spoiler, like the scene that probably generated the most conversation and controversy and the one that is depicted on the poster is the movie's big climactic ending. The girls have their big dance contest they've been practicing for the whole film, and they get on stage, and they do this very age-inappropriate dance. They're grinding, they're twerking, and they're wearing their skimpy outfits. But the entire point of the film is the crowd that is watching them dance in the movie, and I guess also us as the audience at home, is horrified. The crowd is audibly booing. They're covering their their kids' eyes so they can't see it. Some of them turn to leave in disgust. And it's clear that the girls do not have the maturity or the context to understand why the way they're dancing, like, isn't okay and why it's not being well-received by the audience they're dancing for. You know, the main character, Amy, when the audience has this negative reaction, she runs away crying. And at the end of the movie, she has clearly decided that this this world of like dancing is not for her. At the end of the movie, she's 
living a much more modest life and like playing age appropriate games. And it's clear that like, oh, I had this little interlude with dancing and it was not great for me and now I'm not doing it anymore. And so it's interesting that people say that this movie, like, how can I put this? There are plenty of legitimate criticisms to be made about this film and the way that it handles girlhood sexuality. Like, I've seen criticisms that say that the dancing scenes with the girls are gratuitous. I've seen some arguments that seem to be suggesting that the film, which is pretty clearly making an argument against the sexualization of children, is actually attempting to do that by engaging in the very thing it is critiquing. Like, if you've seen the movie Kids, when a kids first came out, it was accused of the exact same thing, right? That, like, oh... It's a movie that's supposed to be critiquing child drug use by showing child drug use. So this is like a well-worn film criticism. Those are all, you know, fair arguments, but they're very different than accusing this filmmaker of breaking the law and being a child pornographer, which is exactly what happened. And so cuties became this like very popular thing to bash online. I saw a few big-name people standing up for the filmmaker, but I really recall there was a climate that this French Black woman made this racy film involving children, and people just did not want to take the risk of wading into that controversy. This is actually a tactic called a reputational smear, where people make your personal brand so toxic that other people don't want to take any kind of risk in being associated with you. And I think Dussereau being a Black woman and also... Senegalese and also French, probably is part of why that can't that kind of attack was so effective. Because I think when you're a black woman and you're like a visible, I just think it's different. People are gonna be less likely to stick their neck out and defend you when you're being attacked in this like very, very uh inflammatory way. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I actually recall when this was all happening in 2020 being nervous about making a podcast episode about it. I was like, the climate is so, the climate is, the climate was so like tense. And I mean, it wasn't a great, it was, I was like, it wasn't a great time for most people. It absolutely was (laughs) not a great time. And, you know, I, I think it really contributed to this climate of silence where, People who see what's going on and they see like, oh, this person is being hung out to dry are also afraid to speak up. I think that's part of the way that these attacks work. And I recall a lot of bad actors making and spreading content based on lies and misrepresentations that made it seem like calling this movie a crime, calling this movie child pornography was reasonable, even for folks who had not seen it for themselves. And it created the condition for a climate where elected officials were condemning this movie and also urging for the government to take action against it. Here's a brief roundup of all the different electeds that came out against this movie. Uh, U.S. Senator Mike Lee sent a letter directly to Netflix's CEO, Reed Hastings, asking for, quote, an explanation on Hastings' views as to whether or not the potential exploitation of minors in the film constitutes criminal behavior. Uh, cool. Mr. Anti-Democracy himself, Mike Lee. Mm-hmm. Got it. Cool, cool, cool. Get, who's next? <laughs> Failed presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard. Ah, yes. Oh, Tulsi. I could. I, I would love to never think about her again. <laughs> I know. Me too. She explicitly called the movie, quote, child porn 
and said that it would whet the appetite of pedophiles and help fuel the child sex trafficking trade. Like, oh, girl. Come on. Yeah, like, come on. Jesus Christ. Ted Cruz. Oh, there sent he a, is. Knew he was you coming. Knew, you knew he was coming. He sent a letter to the, the Department of Justice to, quote, investigate whether Netflix, its executive, or the filmmakers violated any federal laws against the production and distribution of child pornography. Tom Cotton and Representative Jim Banks oh, also called for the DOJ to take legal action against Netflix. Cotton explicitly accused Netflix and Ducere of a crime, saying, quote, there's no excuse for the sexualization of children, and Netflix's decision to promote the film Cuties is disgusting at best and a serious crime at worst. None of these people watch the movie. Continue. Oh, absolutely fucking. You think fucking Ted Cruz is sitting through a two-hour movie about fucking French Senegalese girlhood? <laughs> absolutely no, he not. he was probably on a plane to Cancun. <laughs> Representatives Ken Buck and Andy Biggs of Arizona called for the DOJ to investigate. And the state attorneys general, by the way, I didn't know that the pluralization of attorney general is attorneys general. So that is, it's going to, it sounds incorrect, but it is correct. The Base? state attorneys. I was like, good to know. <laughs> noted. Yeah. Um, cool. If you, yeah. If you ever have to pluralize attorney general, it's state attorneys, attorneys general. attorneys general. State attorney general, state. I don't like it. Very ghoulish. Continue. It sounds. It sounds <laughs> off. I'm like. Right? I'm like. I support you. Um, don't love I, I don't it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, but the attorneys general of Ohio, Florida, Louisiana, and Texas also asked for Netflix <laughs> to remove the film. <laughs> also, isn't it funny how nobody talked about like free speech, cancel culture, these things that that people on the right are supposed to be so aggrieved by <laughs> didn't even come up. Government officials asking for Netflix to take down a film. Didn't even, free speech, didn't even, free speech who? We don't know her. It didn't even come up. In true, truly incredible what they, what they think is important. Exactly. So like you said, I would be willing to bet my entire life savings that if that whole list that I read of elected officials responding did not watch the film. Not a single one. Bet my fucking life savings on it. And Eventually, this, you know, went from, I guess, like grandstanding and puffery to a grand jury in Tyler, Texas, indicting Netflix on the charge of promoting lewd visual material depicting a child. The indictment claims that Cuties holds no serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. And what is wild is that this attempt of an indictment is still going on. In November, a federal judge issued an injunction that blocks that Texas prosecutor from bringing child pornography charges against Netflix for distributing the film. And just two days ago, December 5th, the prosecutor, Tyler County District Attorney Lucas Babin, filed a notice indicating that he will appeal the, ru the ruling to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. And so this guy is like, no, I'm not dropping this. I am going to continue to pursue pursue charges against this film. And what's interesting to me is that most of the elected officials who, you know, had a problem with this film and 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 tried to pursue the Department of Justice to to look into it, they've mostly all dropped this, right? Like, and I part of me wonders why is it that someone like Ted Cruz can be so loud and vocal about attacking a film that I, I bet he hasn't seen. But then it can just be 
quietly dropped, right? Like, I, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a mark against the way that, like, right-wing elected officials use these cultural flashpoints as, like, little stunts where they want to, like, speak up about them, and then they just drop it. Like, I would be curious to know, like, do you still think that this movie is child pornography? Do you still think the DOJ should investigate? Do you still believe that was an effective use of your time in terms of, you know, your duty to your rep- your your the people that got you in office? Like, the way that no, people are able I, to... I, I'm confident in saying they forgot they tweeted about it and have moved on to uh, bullying some other marginalized group of people. Yeah, I would be... I would totally agree. And the way that they're able to evoke these things loudly and just move on doesn't sit right with me because there's real people on the other end of them. Like, Ducere is a real person with a real career that she's trying to build that they can just evoke her name and her work, misrepresent it and lie about it and vocally accuse her of a crime and then just move on really does not sit right with me. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Something that I think is kind of interesting here is like, you might be thinking, why would all of these right-wing shitheads be interested in attacking Netflix and this like kind of obscure French film? And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that culture is by and large seen as the domain of the left. And so these right-wing extremists, they have to attack purveyors of culture, right? These attacks are highly politically charged. So on Tucker Carlson's segment about the film and the controversy around it, first, he framed it as an attack on what he calls, quote, the media elite. Listen to this. 
We begin this segment with a warning, something we never do, but the footage we're about to show you comes from a film that was released yesterday on the streaming service Netflix. It's called Cuties. We've edited it to obscure the most sexual parts because we have no choice, but it's still over the top and disturbing. As you watch it, remember that our media class, the gatekeepers of entertainment, have no problem with it. In fact, they love it, a sure sign the civilization is in trouble. The New Yorker magazine, which after almost 100 years has become truly a garbage publication, unfortunately, called this film, quote, extraordinary and said that only evangelicals don't like it. The Telegraph newspaper said it's an important film, quote, in an age terrified of child sexuality. Late Rome, for real. We're not going to show you a portion of what these Okay, you can stop it there. <laughs> so it's interesting how Tucker Carlson frames this film, the controversy around it, as an attack on the New Yorker, the media elite, the Telegraph, right? Like, so weird. What, it's so weird. And I, think it, I think it really reveals how these attacks are just kind of proxy wars for this larger culture wars, highly politicized thing that they're trying to wage here. And it doesn't matter that a, that a, a first-time filmmaker gets sort of like caught in the crossfire. Um, again, here is later into that segment. Here's how his guest talks about uh, the people that she says are, quote, staying silent and allowing this film to exploit children. And yet, curiously silent, Tucker, are the Obamas, is Susan yeah. Rice, who's involved also. She's on the Netflix board. Obama is uh, the deal with Harry and Meghan, Harry of, of England and Meghan Markle. Uh, they are they've got a, like an over a, a reportedly a 100 million dollar deal with Netflix. A word from any of these people could stop this in its tracks. Such a good uh, and point. they should they should say something. People OK, you can stop it there. Netflix, but the fact is. Uh, can I just say that in a court of law, Fox won a lawsuit by saying that they couldn't they couldn't imagine anybody to take Tucker Carlson seriously as an actual news person because clearly he's doing a character that that for, first of all, second of all, uh, yeah, these people are such fucking ghouls. None of you watch the movie. Um, all of you are just ridiculous. Yeah, let's let's ask Harry and Meghan. It's like any chance to to pick on Meghan Markle. Um, cool. Um. Exactly. Like the, <laughs> the way that they effectively like pull, make this an attack on Meghan Markle. They're the like, Obama's. oh, my God, another black person I can point the finger at. Um, oh, cool. Let, like, let's take let's take the opportunity for, for to blame them for a movie we have not seen. Exactly. And so, yeah, they, they, they use this film to take aim at the Obamas. The Obamas at the time had a high profile deal with Netflix to produce documentaries. Fox News' Rachel Campos Duffy wrote in a piece for The Federalists called Michelle Obama is complicit in Netflix child porn film Cuties. She writes, quote, at a time when the left has declared that silence is violence, Michelle Obama's silence on the Netflix's controversial movie Cuties has not gone unnoticed. And again, it's such a disingenuous way to use this film to attack people that they clearly already have a pre-established grievance against. And so it's interesting how culture becomes a stand-in for these political grievances that clearly, it's like they're barely able to mask it when they talk about it. It's uh, embarrassing for them. It should be embarrassing. And I guess <laughs> all of this is to say that, like, the sad part to me about this is the way that 
bad actors are so good at, you know, I, a good part of it is that, like, it, it all comes back to this grain of truth. And the reality is, is that we actually do live in a world where far too many young people are survivors and victims of sexual abuse and violence and things like grooming. And we don't have a society that offers those folks a ton of support. And bad actors, they seize on this heartbreaking reality. And in lieu of support, they offer dangerous conspiracy theories and the smearing of regular people as predators and threats to children. And my my real question is like, because all of those elected officials were too busy drumming up these attacks on the movie Cuties, that was time not spent actually scrutinizing the online platforms that we know are actual purveyors of child sexual abuse material. Platforms like Facebook. Facebook is the number one platform responsible for sexually explicit material involving the abuse of children. That's just a fact. And so isn't it interesting that all these elected officials came out against this movie, Cuties, but that's time they could have been actually speaking to what we know actually pose real threats to children. And I think turning something as important as protecting the survivors of childhood sexual abuse into just another way of scoring cheap political points is a a symptom of the fact that our society has really has a problem. Like, we're not talking about anything that can actually be of use to vulnerable people. We're only interested in partisan attacks and fucking grandstanding and stunts. And it, it, it makes me sick. And I think the same way that the grooming of children is like, a real, very serious issue. But if you turn that into a way to attack LGBTQ people or drag queens or whatever, the people who are actually grooming kids, they can just go unexamined. It's like, okay, well, please continue to say that drag queens are the threat to kids and I'll just be over here continuing my business of actually endangering children. And so the reason why this is such an important thing to me is that we have to figure out a way to have the real conversation and not allow extremists and bad actors and grifters to distract us with, you know, the shiny object of this film is the threat to children when the real threat to threats to children go unexamined. 150%. Please stop worrying about movies you have not seen that do not do not cover what you think they cover. Please stop worrying about drag queen reading story time at libraries. You dumb people. I cannot stand you. I could go on a rant. I will not. The the, like disastrous incompetence and the negligence to do their jobs is baffling and damaging to so many people, specifically marginalized people. Exactly. I hate you all. I can't believe that you are allowed to (laughs) decide things for anybody. Yeah. And I mean, this is like a like a tried and true thing that we see when it comes to disinformation and conspiracy theories. They just take all the air and the oxygen out of the room. And so we don't really have the space to have a real conversation about the actual threats to to people and to, to kids because so much room is taken out of the like. When was the last time you saw an article, a news article about an actual threat to children? It's all these days. It's all completely made up threats, right? Like, yep. And what's really scary to me is how baselessly accusing someone of being 
a child predator or a pedophile or a child pornographer or a groomer or a threat to children has made this real comeback as a solid way to attack somebody that you don't like, just like what happened to the filmmaker Duceray. It is dangerous. It can lead to real-world violence. And in fact, we know it already has. I would be remiss to not mention the fact that just last week, Elon Musk smeared Yol Roth, Twitter's former head of trust and safety, who is gay, baselessly insinuating that he is a child predator. And of course, a few days later, CNN reported that Roth had to flee his home for his own safety. We should really be afraid that baselessly attacking anybody that you don't like as a child predator is now a go-to strategy for extremists. And so that's my big thing is like, when we have a culture where made-up threats based on conspiracy theories, lies, and attacks on people's identity are able to take up a lot of room, it endangers us all because we're not able to make room for the conversation about how we keep people safe that we need to be having. And so... Yeah, this is my this is my plea to to be better. We can't have that. Like like maybe focus on uh, the sex trafficking of indigenous girls. Not on a mo- not on a movie that you haven't seen. Again, like I can't emphasize this enough. They have not seen the movie, and they yep. have formed opinions off of some tweet. Like I said, uh, do you want to read the article before you share it? Literally, this is exactly that. Exactly, and like. I could talk all day about this, but like there are so many ways that children and young people are being endangered and exploited in the United States. And if you actually gave a shit about that, there are things that you could do. Some of them are big systemic things, but some of them are like pretty like easy to accomplish. We don't even have that conversation. And instead, we're given a conversation about fucking nonsense. And so I would like to posit that We need to stop, like, we cannot allow for the nonsense to proliferate and take all the air out of the room because that is exactly what they're counting on. People like Ted Cruz don't have actual solutions to offer people. All they have is stunts and grandstanding. And so I think the more that we can peel back the curtain and show that that's all they have to offer us, the better we all will be. I think that's where we end it. That's all I got. (laughs) Sophie... Thank you so much for being down to have this conversation with me. I get a little ragey, but there is no, no one I cool would rather. Because <laughs> I, too, love a dinner party and I, too, love ranting <laughs> about things and then making it into a podcast. So I'm glad that we're on the same page here. <laughs> yes. If you would like me to come to your dinner party and Always. scream about cuties, just let me know. I'm happy to. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't, what's wrong with you? It's so interesting. Bridget, thank you so much for having me on. Um, where can people follow you? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Bridget Marie. Yeah, I'm still there tweeting away. You can follow me on Instagram at Bridget Marie in DC. And as always, check out the whole slate of Cool Zone Media shows because they're fucking awesome and you should be listening. I have no bias there and I completely agree. <laughs> I, I also think that they are wonderful. Thank you so much for, for having me on uh, the show that I produce. Um, <laughs> we'll be back probably with a with some kind of a bonus a bonus thing or another episode just look out for it you're subscribed and if you're not why okay bye bye internet hate machine is a production of cool zone media for more podcasts from cool zone media check out our website coolzonemedia.com or find us on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.